Welcome to the Piece of Cake Podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Brianne. And we're here to make your wedding planning a piece Piece of of cake. cake. Who are we? Just a couple of best friends who are passionate about weddings and all the little details along the way. We've been brides and bridesmaids, day off coordinators, and party planners. We're accountants by day. And wedding enthusiasts by night. We'll use our experience and attention to detail to help you plan your special day. We know this is a really exciting time in your life, but the logistics can be stressful. That's where we come in. Tune in with us every week and your wedding will be a piece piece of cake. Today's episode is all about stationery. For our purposes, that includes save the dates, invitations, and thank you cards. It can also include menus, name cards, ceremony programs, and other things like that, but we're going to go into more details on those items in a later episode. So today we're just focusing on those things that you send in the mail. So first of all, let's talk about where you typically order these things. I think the first thing that comes to mind is those big stationary websites like Zazzle and Shutterfly. Yep, those are good basics. They have all the things. Variety of designs, pretty good pricing, good options. And they usually have good discounts. Yes, always use a discount code, remember that. (laughs) On that note, there's also even more budget friendly places like Walmart or Costco. From there, you can do some more specific things like going through Etsy for very custom invitations, which I did, going through somewhere local, or doing more of a DIY sort of thing where you pick up the supplies at a craft store and assemble and print your invitations yourself. And Emily, we haven't actually mentioned where you got your invitations. Yeah, I went through a local place that they have a website so you can order them from anywhere, but they're um, a local vendor called Purple Trail. And I actually just found them at a booth at the Seattle wedding show, mm-hmm. but they did some really awesome invitations and I highly recommend them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a ton of different options depending on what your style is, how fancy you want to go, what your budget is. Yeah, exactly. Those are going to totally range in prices anywhere from a completely free invitation that you do online to uh, 10 to 20 bucks an invitation yep so first we're going to start with save the dates because those are the first things you're going to send out mm-hmm. and timing on those for sending them out and to kind of give you timing on how early you need to start looking at designing them and picking them out right if you're having a destination wedding you would send out your save the dates about 8 to 12 months in advance because people need a lot more time to book airline tickets book hotels things like that but for just a traditional local normal sort of wedding you just need four to six months in advance that's when you'd send those out Yep, so that's why this one's in our first couple episodes as well, because you have to be thinking about this early on, especially if you get engaged a year before you're going to have your wedding. You'll have to start on your save the dates. (laughs) So who do you send save the dates to? This one is very important. You need to only send save the dates to people you are definitely inviting to your wedding. If there's anyone kind of on the fence, you're not 100% sure you're going to have them on your final guest list, do not send them a save the date. Because if you're sending someone a save the date, you have to send them a wedding invitation. Right. 
So you can have like your A list of people that you're for sure inviting that you send the save the dates to. And then you can have that sort of B list of people you're on the fence about. And so you don't send them a save the date and you can kind of keep them in case you have some wiggle room later, you can send them an invitation. Yep. When you're addressing your save the dates, it's important to be clear about the invited guests on the address. We're gonna go into more detail about this on the invitation, so just keep that in mind. And then on your save the dates, if they're pretty basic as far as info, mm -hmm. all you have to include is your bride and groom's names, the date, and the place. And you just have to say like city and state, you don't need to write your actual venue on there or anything like that. And then we recommend including your wedding website if you have one. Uh -huh. And we, we recommend having a wedding website also. <laughs> right. Side note there. <laughs> we don't recommend having your registry info. That's just too much info on there. You might not even have your registry up right. by then. But if you do have your registry, that should be on your wedding website. So just include your wedding website link and then that should link them to all the info they need. On the save the date, it's pretty just basic information on there. Right. So they put it on their calendar and that's all they need at that point. All right, so they could literally save the date. Save the date. <laughs> and then our final recommendation for save the dates is just to be creative. These don't have to match your wedding theme. It's gonna be a different kind of a different time of year. You might be using engagement photos on these. You might try some different fun colors. Um, you can also consider using different mediums like a magnet or a postcard. Um, my funny story on that is that I thought I was just ordering paper save the dates and somehow I ordered myself magnets, but I actually really loved them and ended up being so glad that I did that because it was a really cute and fun way to send the save the dates. Yep, and I loved them a lot and so I also ordered magnets when <laughs> I came to my turn to order save the dates. <laughs> So after you've sent your save the dates and you're getting closer to the wedding date, invitations come out next. Yes, and again, timing is super important on sending out your invitations, even more than save the dates, mm -hmm. because this is when you want our people to RSVP. So the ideal time is to send them eight weeks before your wedding. You should give people about three to four weeks to respond, so give them a date that you need the RSVP back by. And then this gives you about one month between when you get your RSVPs back and your actual wedding to contact anyone who didn't send their RSVP back and then get your final number of guests to your vendors. You don't want to send them out too early because people will forget to RSVP. They'll be like, oh, I have plenty of time and then stick it away and totally mm -hmm. just forget. And then you don't want to send them out too late because then you won't have time to gather all the RSVPs and get those final numbers together. Can I just harp on the RSVPs for a quick second mm -hmm. and talk to anyone out there who might be a wedding guest? Please return your RSVP cards oh in gosh, yes. a timely matter. Once you've been through what planning a wedding <laughs> and dealing with RSVPs, you realize how important it is, and now yes. I will never wait to the last minute yes. or forget to RSVP again because I know how painful oh, it is on the other end. Please send those in, and if you're going to say no and maybe you're holding off because you think you feel bad about that, don't we, don't, we don't care. Just send them in, yep. please. Don't feel bad, just answer. All right, as we mentioned for Save the Dates, addressing the envelopes is super important and can be tricky. It's very tricky and it can also maybe require some follow-up with people. So on the envelope, you want to address it to only the people that are actually invited to your wedding. So, and that seems like sort of obvious, but 
if you're inviting only the parents in a family, you don't want to say like the Marks family. You right. would want to say Emily and Ethan Marks because you're not inviting them and their children. But if you're only inviting one friend from college, you want to make that clear and it literally just says that person's name. <laughs> Yep. If you're inviting them and a guest, then you can say so-and-so and guest, but make it super clear who's invited on the invitation so that there's no assumptions about spouses or kids, mm-hmm. anything like that, because it can get a little bit fuzzy. And if you're really tight on budget or numbers or anything like that, you want to make sure it's clear who's invited. Yes. And then my favorite recommendation on this to really drive that home on who's invited is that on your RSVP cards, you can have a line that says number of guests invited and then number of guests attending. And then I went ahead and filled out that number of guests invited line for my guests. So it was very clear, we are inviting you two as a couple. We are not inviting the five people in that family. Right. And this also helps with the plus one thing because If someone doesn't have a significant other and so you're not sure if they're going to have a plus one or not, you can say like, nope, it's just one person invited. That makes it very clear that they don't get to have a plus one. Yes. And things can get a little dicey and awkward here, but just know that you can stick to your guns and you can invite who you want to invite. In no way are you obligated to invite plus ones, especially if it's just a random guest that you've never met before. Like if you have people in committed relationships in your life and you know their significant other, that might be more of a situation where you probably should invite them, but you do not have to invite random plus ones to your wedding that are gonna cost $50 a head and you don't know them. Right. So the next tricky thing to figure out on invites is just ordering the right number of invitations. You want to look at the number of people on your invitation list, but really narrow it down by the number of households or couples you're sending it to, not by the number of individuals you're sending it to. Right. Because obviously you're not sending one invitation to each person, you're sending it to each household or couple. And then take that number and order about 25% extra because you're gonna have some mistakes, typos, or changes, and then you're gonna wanna have a few for keepsakes. You really don't want to order too many because just for budget purposes, really. And then you don't want to order too few because if you run out, you don't want to have to order more and that'll cost extra. Right. A lot of times they only come in batches of like 25, 50, 100. So if you need three more, you might have to order 50 more. Yeah. So what information do you include on your invitation? This is a little bit more detailed than your save the date. It again includes bride and groom's name, the date and time of your wedding. Usually it includes the time of both the ceremony and the reception. That's a good point. So kind of break those out separately. It includes the location, but this time more specifically the actual location of the venue and if the reception's in a different place than that also. Mm And then the RSVP information, so the date you need the RSVP by. If you're having people RSVP online, then just include the RSVP website and the details they need for that. More traditionally, you have people RSVP with a card and an envelope, and if you're doing that, then make sure you put a stamp on the envelope and include that in your invitation. Right, like I was complaining about earlier, a lot of people don't RSVP to weddings, and if you don't provide them a stamp, they are really not going to RSVP. So give yourself the best hopes of hearing back and please include that stamp. Yep, and 
other information you want to include usually is things like registries and hotel information and like if you're having a kid free wedding stuff like that but etiquette says you shouldn't include that on your formal invitation so there's other ways to include that information in your invitation right and Brienne has the details on that yes so for my invitation I very specifically wanted a cute little folder that had the formal invitation in it, but also had other little inserts that provided the other information. And so I had my formal invite that had the things that Emily mentioned on it, like I'm supposed to, and then I had a separate RSVP card, and then I also had a separate registry insert that said where we were registered and then also linked to our wedding website as well. And I put it all together in a cute little folder with a little belly band around it, and that was my favorite part of the invitation. So it was a helpful thing, but it was also a cute and fun thing. And Emily, you had really cool invites that accomplished that in another way as well. Yeah, ours were kind of unique. It was kind of like a little, almost like a flip book sort of invitation Yeah, that had some photos and stuff in it. The first page you opened was the formal invitation that just had our names and times. And then as you moved through the book, then we had details about, we had a kid-free wedding, so we had details on that. And then we had information linking to our website and then our registries and some hotel information. One piece of advice that can save you some time when you're ordering your invitations is to have the printer include the addresses printed on them already, or at least the return addresses. You might not have all of the guest addresses ready and everything when you order, but you can have them put your return address on there for you. Another alternative to this is ordering custom stamps with this or having labels printed. Saves you a long time and a lot of sore hands. <laughs> yes, there's so much writing involved with <laughs> invitations. So then our third piece of stationery we're talking about today are thank you cards. If you've listened to any of our past episodes, you've probably heard how passionate we are about saying thank you for everything. So important. So there's lots of different ways to do thank you cards. There's the super simple way. You can just go to any box store and get pre-printed thank you cards. You can get sort of the custom ones that a lot of the stores like we talked about, Shutterfly, Costco, any of those have thank you cards that match the design of your invitation. Yeah, and a lot of times you can order packages that include those and could maybe save a little bit of money. Yeah, and then you can also use a photo from your wedding, or we both did this, is at our wedding, while we're taking our wedding photos, we actually took a picture with a sign that said thank you on it, and then used that photo as our card to send out, which was really cute. Yeah, I thought that was a really fun way to distribute wedding photos and say thank you in a personalized way. One thing I want to mention that is we still did write on those, like handwritten messages as well as the picture. Right, yeah. Good point. As we mentioned in our registries episode, you can send out your thank you cards as you get presents before your wedding or all at once after the wedding, but obviously just make sure you're keeping a list of all the gifts you receive so you remember to thank everybody. Also, make sure you're sending thank you cards after any bridal showers you have or bachelorette parties too. And make sure that you thank the people who organized those events because yes. they did a lot of work, even if they didn't give you a physical gift. They gave you the gift of a party. Exactly. So just make sure you're thanking everybody. One piece of advice for when you're writing your thank you cards is to mention the actual gift that you received and talk about how you utilized it. 
So this is especially important if you received cash or a contribution to your honeymoon or something. You can say, hey, we really appreciate this gift and we were able to apply it towards a couple's massage on our honeymoon. Yeah, it just makes it a lot more personal and people enjoy getting thank you cards like that and really seeing how you use the gift. Yeah. Okay, Emily. I've been waiting seven episodes to talk about this. Are you ready? Stamps. <laughs> Don't forget about the stamps. First of all, postage can really add up. And if you didn't realize, we just talked about three things that you have to mail to people. And that's a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, there's three at a minimum, right? You have save the dates, invitations, thank you cards. But you also have the stamps on the RSVP envelopes. And thank you cards for multiple, the wedding, the bridal showers. Right. That's but, a lot of stamps. And a ton of money. <laughs> so that can add up really quickly. One thing I'm not sure everyone knows about is that you can get a little bit more fun and fancy with your stamps. Online, there's a lot of websites, again, Zazzle, Shutterfly, a lot of other ones that you can design your own stamp. So if you're like one of those people that loves to have everything matching on your invitation or whatever, you can design one that has your picture on it or your wedding date or just in the color of your wedding so that everything matches on your invitation. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a fun thing but it does cost an extra fee. So you have to pay a fee to design it, and then you still obviously have to pay for the cost of the postage. And then you have to pay to get it shipped to your house. So it's... You have to pay for stamps to ship your stamps. Yep. So it's a fun thing, but it is a little bit more expensive. The alternative to this, and this is actually what I did for my wedding, is that the USPS, their website has all the stamps available currently. Mm -hmm. They change all the time, but they have wedding stamps and other cute stamps out all the time. And you can just pick out of their collection and those ones are not free, obviously. You pay for the postage, but there's no extra fee for getting the cute stamps. And just note that if you're not as fancy as Emily and you just show up to the <laughs> post office one day to buy your stamps, they might only have really random stamps. For example, my stamps were Mexican foods. Like one had a tamale and one had a taco and I like Mexican food, but right. it wasn't really yeah. relevant also, to my wedding invites. Right, I got excited because my wedding color was light blue and when I went online they had light blue stamps that said love on them and I was like oh my gosh super perfect and I got those stamps but also most people probably do not care at all about the stamps <laughs> and so this is totally irrelevant to you but if you're the one person out there that likes the stamps and want to be like me and match them then now you know about it. Another super important point is invitations with all of those extra inserts or my folder brand's <laughs> folder the belly band all those things magnets oh my gosh yeah the save the date magnets everything weighs more than you think so once you have that invitation or whatever in hand take it to your post office and have them weigh it before you buy the postage for all of the ones you're going to send out because usually it costs extra to send those and you need to know that in advance because if you put one stamp and try to send all of them, <laughs> they will get sent all back to you and that is a huge hassle you do not need. You could even do that before you decide on your invitations if you ordered samples and took those because you might not even want to do a certain one if the postage is going to be so outrageous. So true. This is sort of a really random fact <laughs> we learned. We it's, found this out the hard way. Yeah, we did. Square things, like if you have a perfectly square envelope, costs more money to mail because they can't apparently they have to like hand process it 
at the post office. So if you want anything <laughs> square, just keep that in mind. Yep, note that or stick to rectangles. Right. And then again, don't forget the return stamp in your RSVP envelopes because you're way less likely to get RSVPs if someone has to go out and find a stamp to send it back to you. That's all I have to say about stamps. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I might come up with more later, but that's all I got for now. All right, so that wraps up our episode on stationery. We will leave you with the three key ingredients that will make choosing your stationery a piece of cake. Number one, pay attention to the timeline of when you need to send all the things. Number two, be clear on your addressees and RSVPs. And guess please return them. And number three, don't forget about the postage. That's all we have for you today. Come back next week for some more wedding planning details. If you enjoyed listening to us and feel like you actually got some good takeaways and tangible tips for your wedding planning, please, please, please go rate us, review us, share us with your friends. You can also find us on Instagram at Piece of Cake Podcast, or you can email us at Piece of Cake Podcast at Outlook.com. So keep listening and share it with your friends. Thanks, and we hope your wedding planning is a piece, piece of, of cake. cake.